welcome to Sue Watches Buffy, podcast where I, Sue, am watching Buffy and Angel for the first time, while my sister Emily guides me through. Uh, today, we are going to be covering a couple Angel episodes from season three. We are covering Deal or No Deal and The Price, but we're going to also do some general what we've been watching. So, I'm Sue. Amen. All right. Here we are. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. M's having some Moses visiting M right now. Yep. Mose, come to my house. The laptop is resting. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. <laughs> so. so I'm on my iPad, so we're, you know, sound quality won't be as good and whatever. But uh, here we are. We're not putting this off again. Nope. Nope. Sorry, thanks for working with me on changing our recording night. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Not a big deal. Eleanor ended up having a fever yesterday, so... Oh, that's right. Well, last night. So she was a little fussy, so it's probably for the best. I turned to my notes on the latest Buffies I watched because I'm like, whoa, Spike's hair. Let <laughs> 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 me get to my angel notes. <laughs> it is a little different. There they are. <laughs> I know, I was like, whoa! <laughs> a little crazy, mm-hmm. you could say. Totally crazy. Crazy spike. <laughs> All right, so we are going to get right into Angel. Um, if you're interested in the what we've been watching part, that'll be after we talk about Angel. So if you're not, then you can just stop the podcast. Right, it'll be after the music. So, all right, we got some feedback on these two. Yeah. Um, should we start with Ray's? Should we start with Cat's Crypt? Oh, yeah, Cat's Crypt, of course. Always got to start with Cat's Crypt. All right, you want me to read that one? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so Cat says, hey, guys. I watched the episodes Earshot, Choices, and Prom over the weekend. For this episode of Cat Script, I will not be discussing these episodes at all. <laughs> even though <laughs> even though I like them well enough. I'm starting to think of Cat as in like a masterpiece theater chair <laughs> by a fire. <laughs> Evelyn. <laughs> Real old 
school Saturday Night Live. Yeah, like John Lovett's old John school. Lovett's. <laughs> this one's the bootleg. <laughs> oh, the dreary life of a bootleg. <laughs> oh my gosh, we love that so much. <laughs> we watched it a million times. And watched it so much. universe <laughs> you mean the Whedon verse <laughs> you mean Joss Whedon he's evil Catherine <laughs> um, yeah why would the universe do that to two people have them be so drawn to each other yet also make it so that it's impossible for them to be together doesn't that seem like a cruel and elaborate joke <laughs> maybe it's this there are all these things about us that make us compatible with other people or that draws to them but in order for it to be truly the best possible match, all those things have to align right. Buffy and Angel, using them as an example, probably have great chemistry together, but logistically, nothing else about them works. Therefore, being together feels really, really great, and being broken up feels really, really painful. And you see that and feel bad for them. But if they ignored everything except their chemistry and tried to force it to work, in time, they would just end up in pain anyway. You can't force something that just wasn't meant to be. And even though I thought for a while that somehow they will find a way, I have given up on them. Sigh. Cheers. Legata. <laughs> you can't sigh and then cheers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Cat Script. <laughs> yep. It really entertains me. Yep. Well, Cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> sorry, Spangle is is so hard. <laughs> yep, and it's true. It's just cruel. Yep, they really because there is love made there. it impossible, and there is love there. Yeah, annoying, but it's there. <laughs> Watching. Yep, keep going. And you knew they wouldn't be together. Angel has his own show. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> there is a little, uh, what's it called? Cross. Crossover? Crossover. All I could think of was <laughs> cross contamination. <laughs> <laughs> you could call it that, too. <laughs> you really could. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just oh, it's what it is it's a tragic love story 
She's gonna hate that episode. Yeah, I was thinking about her in that episode. <laughs> wondering what she'll think. <laughs> I don't think she'll like it. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, thanks, Kat. I'm glad you... Glad you enjoyed Earshot and Prom. <laughs> <laughs> and Choices. <laughs> and Choices. Yeah, I'm thinking... She's graduation day is so great. Oh, yeah. They just covered it on Dusted. And it reminds me of how good it really is. And boy, those two, there is not a strong enough word for hate how they feel about the mayors. Well, gosh. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, they hate it so bad. In fact, they called out the audience just curious if there was anyone out there that liked it. We've all loved it. <laughs> I know, we're like, we loved it. <laughs> well, gosh. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. <laughs> and that is the difference between our podcast and Dustin. <laughs> it was just so stupid. It was so awesome. <laughs> and that kind of, you know, they really look at it from us storytelling they're like professional story writers and so they look at it from that oh. point of view and so it's a very serious you know they love it but right. they just hate that so bad it was you know they go on and on about how it totally uh like takes you out of the moment or something yeah that kind of stuff yeah. and i'm just like <laughs> it's funny though <laughs> <laughs> write to him and say, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> Alright. But you know me and feedback. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we suck. <laughs> but yeah, I was actually tempted to write into him and tell him that we thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep. Because okay. it's just so stupid and we can't take it that seriously. <laughs> How well do we know our sister? Do you think Kat's going to like it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think it's going to bug her. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. One of us will be right. <laughs> Kat, let us know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> let us know, please. <laughs> so, all right. <clears throat> well, Kat, you should stop listening now. Yep. Hello, future cat. Hey, future cat. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Will Gosh? <laughs> I wonder what. Uh, I wonder what month it is <laughs> that Catherine will have gotten here. Because now she's going to start watching Angels, too. Yeah. So. Eh. I don't know. There's going to be a point, and it's not going to be season four, where I think it'll probably be around where I did, where you just really, just really get into the show. <laughs> yeah. And she's not going to be restricted. That's right. So we'll see how fast she goes through it at a certain point. But. Season four is going to be rough. <laughs> How rough? You tell us, feature cat. <laughs> right now, we don't know. <laughs> okay. 
we'll move on to uh, just feedback for these current episodes. We'll start with Ray Doria. <clears throat> he says, Double or nothing. Not a favorite of mine, but actually not as bad as I expected when I rewatched. At this point, I am invested enough in Gunn that I care what happens to him. Stuff, oh, some of the Fred Gunn stuff was over the top, but I actually liked that Fred stuck by Gunn and knew that he didn't mean what he said and knew that he was in trouble. I also like how Cordy handled the Angel situation, telling him that she was there for him if he wanted to talk and sitting with him without saying a word. Uh, it was really sweet, and I think it helped Angel just knowing that she was there. I also agree with Fred when she went to visit Wesley in the hospital that he should have trusted them instead of going to Holtz. I thought Fred showed a lot of backbone in this episode in general. I agreed with Fred, but I also felt like she came across harsher than maybe she expected to <laughs> when yeah. she walked in there, and it was hard not to, like, Mama Bear Wesley, you know? Yeah, I agree. I felt exactly the same way. It's like, she had a good point. He should have come to them instead of Holtz. But, but he also had his best interest. He, You know, he was doing good. Right. And he's... There is also a point where your friend is very badly hurt, where you kind of drop what they did... And you care about them. And I, I just, and I'm not even sure she intended to when she walked in there be as harsh as she was. Yeah, I, because she did seem like kind of sweet at the beginning. And then she, yeah, I mean, the final few things that she says to him. It was rough. It was pretty rough, yeah. Anyway. You know, especially how she's like, you know, it was all for nothing, you know. Don't say it to him like that. Just Yeah, and I have some questions there. Um, I don't have my notes, so I guess I'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I thought that Fred... Oh, got that, okay. I also thought that Alexis Denisov was great without saying a word. His expression said it all. The Monster of the Week casino stuff wasn't great, but I do love how mad Angel was that he drew a three during the card scene. <laughs> <laughs> the price. As we have learned from Buffy, there is always a price to using dark forces in a spell. I actually kind of like the story. I just didn't love the special effects for the slug creature things. I found in my rewatches of both Buffy and Angel that the Monster of the Week always sticks out of my mind when I remember an episode. But when I actually watch it again, the best stuff is the character stuff in between that you totally forget about. Yeah, we've discussed this phenomenon many times. <laughs> Even if I don't like the Monster of the Week, I do like most of the interaction between the characters in this one. They all have such great genuine caring for one another, and I think it shows. It's also why Wesley's betrayal hurts as bad as it did. Then we get the shocking ending where a teenage Connor comes through the portal. I can almost guarantee that ending made you want to start the next episode right away. It does for me. Ray Doria. Yes, it did. And I watched it for the first time like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> this was one of those things we had to <laughs> sacrifice the little angel storytelling and put that on the shelf. And too bad these episodes were late. And you know... 
I think on a first watch, especially doing a podcast where you have to stop, this is probably a lot, it makes these episodes a lot worse than they are. When you're able to just sit and watch these, you know, on a four-hour binge watch, yeah. fine, you just, okay, next episode, we'll, you know, let's get to it, and it's okay, but when you, you don't have that luxury, it's probably really frustrating, and I know you're frustrated. It was, I was just all excited to start them, and then I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Why you? All you, all you really get is you get Cordelia back, you get Angel kind of accepting Connor, well, you get to see his grieving, and then you get to see him kind of accept that he's gone, and then you get, like, the big reveal that Connor's a teenager now. So, uh, not a lot for two episodes in a point of the story where you really were left very interested in what was going to happen next. Yep. Alright, our next email is from Harold. And he says, I don't know if I have too much to say about either of these episodes, but let me give it a try. It was interesting how they managed to use a letter gun-centric episode as a way to get Angel back on track after Connor's abduction. The key to it was showing how neither Gun nor Angel were kind of drifting until Fred and Connor came along to give their lives purpose. Of course, that kind of means we have to forget about Gun's sister and Buffy, but what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the demon casino boss and his henchmen a lot more than I did the loan shark demon and Buffy. I can't explain what. I can't explain why, however. I didn't mind the demon boss, but I did not like the little uh, English glasses-wearing guy for some reason. He rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, I loved him. He was like... (laughs) He's like one of two things on my list of likes. (laughs) That's so funny. For some reason, he just rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, I liked him. Um... I just groaned when they went to that flashback and played Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> that song is so cliched, and it can only be used for parodies anymore, and bad parodies at that. <laughs> that is for sure, and it is yep. totally not Weird Al's fault. It is Coolio's fault. <laughs> yeah, all my notes says is I wonder how much Coolio got paid. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how mad he was when Weird Al <laughs> parodied yes. it? Because it's like... That's a serious song! <laughs> and it's like, dude. <laughs> I know, it's like, you know... It's a parody it, of itself. It is. And it's a song that I'm sure I'm not the only one. Like, when you hear those first couple notes, you just see, like, Michelle Pfeiffer's face. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably its first mistake. Is I never even saw the movie. <laughs> I did, I saw that. But, but I think I don't know if it was written for it or what. I don't think so. But oh, that was yeah. probably the first mistake, putting yeah. it in that. Yeah. But it made him a lot of money, so just show your yap. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, from what I understand, most musicians are pretty stoked when Weird Al parodies one of their songs. <laughs> yeah, I just remember it being a huge deal because... <laughs> It's someone gave him permission, <clears throat> and Weird Al like likes to get the actual artist's permission, and he was told he did, and then Coolio had a fit, and he felt really bad. Oh, don't make it Weird was, Al feel 
bad. It was a really, it was a big thing. I remember it happening. Huh. I don't remember that. Anyway. Um, okay. I liked when Gunn showed up with breakfast and the waffle kiss, but I wanted to hit Gunn with a breadstick for spending his last day with Fred, making her eat and eat. I'm over the Fred eating a lot storyline. I was going to say, yeah, this I'm was done. over the line where it's been all right and it's been kind of cute. And then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, okay, we're done, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a joke that needs to go on anymore. Um, I thought that Charles' breakup was excessively rude and unnecessary. If he wanted to go that route, he could have just said it wasn't working out. He didn't have to get personal. Besides which, he would have been a lot more convincing if he had to spend the whole day making her feel like a princess, including giving her a tiara. <laughs> yeah, that scene was just ridiculous. It was I ridiculous. Hated it. It I hated it. Didn't work at all, and no. Harold has some very good points. <laughs> he does, and it was just... I mean, his... Gun just changes so quickly and just becomes such an ass, and just, you know, it, it just... I wasn't buying it. But at least Ray said, neither was she really, you know. Right. Right, but I mean, to talk to her like that in front of all those people. Right. You know, I mean, that's humiliating. I don't care if you don't mean it. You don't talk to someone like that in front of other people. Agreed. You know, yeah, you have a talk with someone like that in private, you know, or not at all. I mean, you just, I don't know. It bugged me. Um, yeah, you don't talk to your girlfriend that way, even if exact. Well, never mind. Help. I think I have some notes on it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says it was good to have Cordelia back. I liked how she could immediately tell that something was wrong with Gunn, which just goes to show that they had to get her out of town before Wesley went into full brooding mode. I also liked her scene with Angel, where it was revealed that she wasn't trying to get Angel to open up so much as she wanted to vent herself. Yeah, the Angel Cordy stuff was good. Yeah, it was. I, I like how she just kind of sits shiva with them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, the water-devouring jellyfish thingies were pretty scary, and I liked them as a Monster of the Week episode. I kind of did, too. I, the yeah. That kind of worked on me. <laughs> I like it. We discussed it a little bit on Facebook. You know, I like it as a Monster of the Week. I think it's a really good Monster of the Week episode. It's just, it's placement is where you really do, you want to get into the meat of the story, and this really isn't. Right. But, yeah, if you just watch it on its own, it's very good. Just kind of fun. Yep. Uh, what was the point of coming back to Wolfram and Hart just to see Gavin play mind games with Lila? Yeah, I thought that was, I don't know. Again, just like Lila and Leslie. Was it Leslie? Uh, I want to say Chris, but I think that's the actor's name. Shoot, I'm Lindsay. Lindsay. I just don't care about their interactions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you never have, really. I just don't. Um... And he says, excuse me, Gavin, all those people who died in the wine cellar massacre don't count because they are lawyers? Gavin, you are dead to me. (laughs) 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 
so Wesley is blaming everyone else for not listening to his explanation. When was he planning on ever explaining himself anyway? He was going to skip town with Connor and not look back. Um, I think, I think, um, he's talking about Wesley. Mm-hmm. Let's see, okay. I, we can get into it now. Um, is this the first time Wesley hears that the prophecy was fake? Is when Fred so. comes in. I think so. Okay. Yeah, it's gotta be. And I also want to know, do they still not get exactly what happened with Holtz? Or do they get that? Do they still think he might have been working with them? That feels a little unclear to me still. I'm not sure what the gang thinks about that. I know at one point they thought he was outright working with them. And then they figured out the whole... um, the prophecy thing. Right. And so I don't know if they ever were like, well, what was he doing with Holtz then? You know, when Wesley was really trying to get him to ease off on Angel and tell him that he's a good man. I'm just right. not sure what the gang knows right now. I don't think they know any of that. So and I feel like Wesley, there was a point, I know I read his email, Harold's email before I watched it, for the last time. And now I can't remember. If if I took notes, great. Um, but right now I can't come up with. But I really feel like. Like maybe when. It's either when Fred comes in. They should have. There was. I think. He's kind of getting the information. On exactly how bad it was. What happened. And what the gang thinks, what they know, what actually happened, what he thought. It's very confusing. And it's I, very confusing, and none of them are talking about it. Right, and that's kind of Wesley's point, probably. He's like, uh, Angel came in and just blamed the crap out of him and tried to kill him, and then Fred comes in and just, I wouldn't say does the same thing, but just doesn't even try. None of them are even listening to his side, and so I think by the time we get to the price, and he says that to Gunn, and Gunn just kind of comes in as like, I don't want to hear about her, blah blah blah, so I think that's what he means, is none of them came to him just while he's in the hospital room, and just, I know he can't talk, but he could write. He could write. (laughs) And just let them know what happened. None of them are giving him that chance, and they haven't. No, they're not, and I think, you know, just the way that Fred talked to him, how, you know, and that's what I just don't get, tow truck driver Steven. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He must have got a call. (laughs) Um, Okay. What I have a problem with is... Fred and Gunn are the ones who figured out the prophecy uh-huh. and why Wesley was doing what he was doing. Yes. And yet, 
they're like almost as mad at him as Angel is, and I don't understand this. I you know? think, and I think Fred says it is, why didn't you come to us? I think that's her I mean, I biggest get, thing. And I get that. Why she's the most mad at him, and then she kind of is an afterthought. She's like, it wasn't even real, you know. I know. It's like he didn't know that. I mean, but I don't that's know. where I'm most mad at him too. To be honest, is why didn't you talk to them? I know that they were in a little dating and it was upsetting to you and Cordy wasn't there. Right. But you had Lorne. You had it was important enough. You should have he should he should have talked to them. He sure. should have. I yeah. The thought of just taking baby Connor and escaping forever just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't know. They all just need to sit down and talk. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so Harold goes on and says, so does Cordy's new demon powers include the ability to nuke demons? <laughs> so she is kind of like a walking version of that bomb that killed Doyle? That was kind of sudden and maybe excessively convenient. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe... I... Yeah, I don't think they really explain it. I mean, you know, more stuff happens, blah, blah, blah. But Right, right. Um, he says, so were the jellyfish really there because of Angel's spell or because they were on the run from the Destroyer? We have seen examples of a cost for spells before in Buffy with Jonathan and Superstar and Willow in Afterlife. I'm a little confused about that, too. I'm guessing yes, because... That was really the whole point. The price. I mean, the episode's called The Price. Right. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I'm guessing maybe every evil thing is scared of the Destroyer. But I'm not positive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with they were there because of the spell. Me too, because that seemed to be what they were trying to really get across. Yeah. Which they have before, you know. There's always a price in magic and dark spells, so it makes the most sense. But it's yep. also, it was kind of convenient, again, a little too convenient maybe, that they were scared of the Destroyer, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, he says, so Connor is back and he's played by Pete Campbell. Time to hide the old pairs. <laughs> I'm not following Connor is played by Vincent Carthizer, who is um, one of the main cast of Mad Men. Oh, okay. And his character's name is Pete Campbell. And oh, gotcha. time to hide the au pairs, you'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, he says, okay, I surprised myself by having so much to say about these two episodes. <laughs> We may surprise ourselves, too. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. All right. We got a little feedback from B. She says, An open letter to Joss after Double or Nothing. Dear Joss Whedon, If you back away from the Connor storyline and make it just something that happened, I will lose my shit. 
Sincerely, your pregnant hormonal fan B. <laughs> After the price. Dear Joss, thanks, B. <laughs> They're not gonna drop Connor. As Em always says, in Joss Whedon's universe, you can't have him back. Okay, you can have him back, just not in the way you want. Oh man, baby Connor is no more. I was like, who is this, Groot's brother or something? Slug things were so gross that I could only half watch my screen, especially after a got red. It's been, what, a week since Connor was kidnapped? I really hope he's not super resenty, but I can't imagine a teenager raised in a hell dimension is going to be all soft and forgiving. <laughs> Raised by Holtz, too, I might add. <laughs> I am devastated that baby Connor had to spend any time at all in a place like that, but it probably serves the series better to have a teenager rather than a baby. I love the point of view of a pregnant yes. <laughs> woman that's like thinking, because I totally have been there. All you're thinking about is that that baby was in the hell dimension, the baby! <laughs> It never even really crossed my mind. <laughs> it didn't cross mine either. I mean, I've had babies, but now that if it would have been like a ten-year-old girl or a six-year-old girl, I would have totally done the same kind of thing. But you kind of, yeah. when it's your child's age and you've been through it, it's just a very different thing. And so this oh, makes sure. me laugh. Okay, um, and then you get kind of desensitized or whatever but like I said if it was someone my child's age it would have hit me a lot harder is he going to be shocked that they haven't even finished repainting his room pomegranate yet <laughs> I could not care less about double or nothing not when there was a baby who needed saving <laughs> although I did love Angel rallying to save a member of his family and the whole if killing him would have taken care of it I would have done that a long time ago doesn't anyone else owe this guy money <laughs> Jumping over to the other episode, Cordy is a glowy, explosive badass. Hate her new hair, but glad she is back. And Lauren really needs to make a nightclub that is connected to the hotel. That was my first first thought after seeing that room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, B. Thank you, B. All right. So. All right, that's feedback. Yeah, we got some some feedbacks from people we don't always get them from, so that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Alright, so, double or nothing, do you want to take a stab at where it falls in this season? Oh, I don't have my list, so I don't know what numbers are up. Do you want to take a stab anyway? Um, is it number 22? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, yep. So the price is number 16. And Double or Nothing is ranked number 106 in the series. It's, uh, oh, wow. How many of Angels? 110? 110. And this is low. Low down there. Wow, I'm kind of with Ray, because I watched him about three weeks ago and took my notes, and then I rewatched him a couple nights ago. And 
I didn't hate Double or Nothing as much the second time as I did the first time. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably suffers from just it's, it's after forgiving. Yeah, I think that's totally what it is. Is I mean, it's not a great episode. It's not, but it is really not that bad. It's no. I can think of more that I can think of more than just four that are worse than it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you don't end an episode like forgiving the way they did, and then have this be the next one. No, that's just it's just bad. <laughs> don't. Yeah. I would have been watching this in real time. I would have been pissed. <laughs> I was still kind of pissed. Well, and you had to go three weeks just watching these two, and then... Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited to get these out of the way, and... And, you know, I was thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know what stopped me. I should have just put all five, and we could have just been like, yeah, those two happen, let's talk about the other three. (laughs) (laughs) Well... It's done. It's done. But I think we could have done that. Alright, I think we can still talk about these and have an interesting discussion. Yeah. So I've only got a couple of likes. I've got more dislikes. Um, My likes are the demon with the sunglasses. (laughs) 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 And Connor coming back. Um... I'm sure I had more, but I don't know. I didn't write them down. My dislikes are Cordelia's hair, Fred's crown, the way Gunn broke up with her, tarantula, (laughs) (laughs) and not seeing much of Leslie. I didn't do likes and dislikes. So, okay, well... My first note is Cordelia chopped more of her hair. Not liking it. <laughs> My first note is I am not a fan of Cordy's hair. <laughs> it is really not flattering on Charisma Carpenter. It's not. She doesn't look ugly, but it's just, oh, there are so many other things she could do with her hair that she has done with her hair that would just be a lot more attractive. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I don't like the blonde. It's not a good color of blonde. She's not a blonde kind of person. She's no, a great brunette. She's a great brunette. The blonde doesn't work well with her coloring. And I just don't like that style. Just the... I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a little... Soccer momish again. It's yeah, it's like, who's the lady with all the kids? Um, Kate? Oh, yeah, the Kate plus eight person. Yeah. It looks like her hair, and I... God, I hated her hair. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's... not great. Yep. My next note is loving the demon with the sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) My next note is... I've got quite a few notes, so it's gotta be kind of up there. I put... I suppose the demon couple are supposed to be funny, but I'm not buying into it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they were supposed to be funny. It it did not work at all for me. Not even a tiny bit. Nope. And, you know, I enjoy the, like, demons that are homely and, you know, (laughs) or homey, not homely. 
Right, same. That are kind of have... I love it when demons have human characteristics in the show, but this didn't work. Mm-mm. Whatever it was about, I think they went too far, something. something. I think it went on a little bit too long, and I don't know. It just was stupid. They were just that cliched couple yeah. that's been married too long and just doesn't... Just bickers and... You're right, it was cliched. It was something out of, like, a different show. Yeah. Trying to do what Joss's shows do, but right. not hitting the mark. Yep. Yep, my next note is, whoa, Angel's soul? No, that's too easy. Wesley's soul? <laughs> what? Well, you knew that... Oh. Someone had sold their soul. Right. <laughs> I forgot this. Or that the soul sucker wanted someone's soul, so I was thinking, ooh, he wants Angel's soul, and then I was like, nope. And I was like, Wesley's? Like, did, did Wesley make a deal to get Connor back or something? <laughs> so, that wasn't... Never thought I'd be Gun. I didn't guess that. <laughs> it's been too long since I watched that not knowing it's Gun Soul that I forgot right. there was even a question. <laughs> sold his soul and Angel like like does something so gets it back save, yeah to save Wesley and they become friends again that would have been nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah my next note is wow wasn't expecting Fred to say those things to Wesley but she's right he should have talked to him it's true and my notes are, does Fred still think Wesley was teaming up with Holtz? And was that the first time Wesley heard that the prophecy was false? <laughs> <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. That is, I don't know, you just, man, think about Wesley hearing that. It's such a big blow to him. Because, I don't know, I never thought about him finding out the prophecy was false and how awful that'd be. <laughs> Man. And he just had to hear it from Fred, and I don't know, it's just very harsh. It's a very harsh theme, the more you yeah, think about it. It is. It, it was is. hard to watch at the beginning anyways, but, man, you just keep thinking more about it. Well, and just, uh yeah, to find out that the prophecy wasn't true. Yeah, and then later you when know. he gets released and the doctor asking if he had any friends to come get him. And I know. Ugh. Sucks. I know. It really does. I'm, I'm very curious what they're going to do with Wesley. I've got some thoughts written down. Good, I'm glad I was going to ask you. Because I think... I don't know, something, like, jumped into my head, and I went, oh my gosh, they, whoa, that'd be crazy if they do this, so we'll talk about it. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next note is, hail to you, potential client. <laughs> I, I still don't like Gru, but it makes me laugh when he says things like that. <laughs> he has some good lines, he really does. He does. He still <laughs> bugs me, and I hope he goes soon, but. <laughs> yep. I hear you. Yeah, that's a good one. 
Kind of like, Angel, your phone is singing or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Still got some good little lines in. It has some good lines, but uh, I hope he doesn't stick around too much longer. <laughs> and I liked it. Uh, I don't know if it's in this one or the other one, though. The pomegranate. And he says, like, purplay. He can't purplay. <laughs> He's like, you nailed pomegranate, but you can't get purple. <laughs> Angel just hates him, and he can't blame him. <laughs> well, my thought was, there's no effing way there's a paint chip color just called purple. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, yeah, my next note, I wonder how much Coolio just got paid. <laughs> I wrote Gangsta's Paradise. Cringe, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, couldn't they? Uh, I just, I wonder if they did it to be cliche. If they're really smart or really stupid. Otherwise, it just wasn't good. It didn't work. But I think they were serious. And oh, wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because there's just a hundred other choices they could have made. <laughs> yeah, and be a little more original. Jeez, guys. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's a total parody. The even the just it is. <laughs> so you can't use it regular anymore, and you haven't so, been able to for a very long time. And you can just promise me and the listeners right now, you're not going to be using it as the song for this, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. <laughs> um. My next note is, well, I never would have guessed it was good. And then my next note is, seriously, this episode is about Gunn giving his soul over to Fred. What about Angel and Wesley? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, (laughs) I remembered in the last podcast we did about Angel, it's been weeks. But you were so over their cutesy couple stuff. Oh. <laughs> and then <laughs> this was like the worst. <laughs> I just laughed because I think I watched these like the next day and <laughs> so it was still fresh in my mind. <laughs> I was like, I bet you like this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Although, you know, honestly, the guess the outfit thing was kind of cute. I could see that being something couples do, and it wasn't too bad. Yeah. But I wrote down, pancake kiss! <laughs> it's like, that is the worst. It just seemed so gross to me. She just takes a big bite of pancake. Pancake kiss! It's like, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Harold, you seem to kind of like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't remember him talking about that. He made a little mention of it. Mm. Um, I am uh, hearing Angel talk about Connor is so sad. Yeah. Oh, I did write a like down. I like how Cordy is sitting Shiva with Angel. <laughs> <laughs> it was sweet. I I did like that. How she just is there. For when he's ready, Mm -hmm. you know. 
and not like bugging him like are you okay can I get you something you know right it's what you need just there note is a crown seriously uh dumb <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was awful although they did get in one more quick taco reference yes <laughs> <laughs> but i am just done with this eating stuff with her Ugh. well it's kind of like you want to hit gun over the side of the head especially with this I'm a real woman, not a stick figure. That's like what he chose. Yeah. What does that even mean? What? I don't know. Uh, is it she's too skinny? Is he all trying to say she's too skinny for him? I think so. Stupid. I don't know. Because he's always talking about how he likes how skinny she is. I know. Which is, I guess, what would hurt. And he's just trying to... I don't know why he's trying to... I, I don't think this hap- This is another thing that happens a lot in TV and movies that I don't think happens very often in real life where you like he doesn't want her to miss him so he is as rude as he can yeah no you don't do that no I mean and just why didn't he just tell her? I don't know. That's another dumb. Just you know, you can't, I mean, there's you there's can't so provide information. You can't tell people the truth, I, or else you don't have a good TV show. I guess so. I mean, they're so mad at Wesley for not telling them anything. <laughs> good point. And here he could have said, "All right, here's what's going on. I made a deal, and you know." Sold my soul, and they want it now. They could have gotten Cordy in on it. They could have gotten Angel in on it and tried to figure out what they could do. You know? I don't know. Right. Which is what ends up happening. And they figure it out. I know. So he could have prevented all that humiliation in front of all those people for for, for Fred. I felt bad. Yeah. Bad choice. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, My next note is, I don't need to see the empty, burned-up crib anymore. (laughs) they showed it too many times (laughs) Uh, my next is a quote from Angel let me get this straight you and Gunn are dating (laughs) (laughs) I know (laughs) (laughs) I just love how they're I think they're like telling him about the soul thing or something and he's just like wait he didn't notice even before Connor went missing (laughs) (laughs) oh that's right it's the scene where Fred comes in and talks to Cordy and him and tells him what's going on right (laughs) that's all Angel has to say (laughs) yeah that's pretty good Uh, is Angel going to offer up his soul? Ah, double or nothing. Of course. Duh. <laughs> I just uh, have, was that demon guy's head going to stay like that? Or was it like still in baby, sa- baby stage? <laughs> I don't know. 
because all I wrote was gross new head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first I have holy crap, haha. And I think that's when the angel lopped his head off. <laughs> right. But before that, I have it's your boyfriend and angel soul, Fred. She kept like pleading with Angel about the card game or something. I don't know. It's it's Charles's soul, and I was like, and Angel's. <laughs> you, you trust us? You don't want Angel to lose his. <laughs> it's gonna just make Gunsoul's loss be the least of your problems. <laughs> Only the writers. Yep. They seem to say that they think after intense episodes there needs to be a palate cleanser or something, and I'm like, I think you guys are the only ones that think that. <laughs> Is that something that someone learned in a college writing class? Because <laughs> I gotta say, it's not true. <laughs> I mean, you can have those, and I think the price is one of them, where... You can have an interesting story and have it be somewhere where you'd, you know, rather be watching other stuff. And you can, in this interesting monster of the week, you can put in little things of the overarching storyline. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Gun going to Wesley was interesting. But one's like double or nothing. It's just kind of like. Especially for a first time watch. Yeah. It's, it's just a, gonna piss you off. Yeah. But watching it again when you you know, the luxury of going on, it's it's not bad. Some of the gun a lot of the gunfred stuff is, but Yeah, and either Ray or, or Harold, you know, they had a good point where it does get Angel to the point of kinda of getting him out of his funk. Yes, because he has to band together. We're not going to lose another family member, he says. Right, right. (laughs) So it does do that, but it just could have been better. (laughs) There could have been a lot more other plots than Gun selling a soul for a truck. Yeah. That's like, I forget that another, that that's the surprising reveal at the end. Did that surprise you? You like the truck. I love the truck, but... Yeah, but... I was just like... Rolled my eyes at it. Right. Like, it was dumb. You know? I was just mad. (laughs) (laughs) I feel differently on a (laughs) rewatch. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I was just disappointed. No, I I think you're very entitled to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, the price? Yeah. Which is not Wesley with the mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Wesley who? I'm the price. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this Wesley? (laughs) Never heard of him. (laughs) Guy incognito. (laughs) 
Ranked number 76 <laughs> and 16th of the season. Mm. All right. Oh, my first note is we have confirmation that Sunnydale is in Southern California. I've always suspected, but oh. the way they talk once in a while, you wonder if it's possibly more central. But um, Yeah, sometimes I've wondered if Sunnydale is like, kind of in the San Jose area. <laughs> oh, really? I've never thought it was that I've, far. I've gotten, I've gotten northern a couple times. Only, I think, when they... It seems like in early Buffy's... I think it was when Buffy goes to L.A. and they talked like L.A. was so far away. Right. And I was like, so are they in northern? Is this like San Jose? Because <laughs> San Diego and L.A. just aren't that far apart. <laughs> few hours, but, yeah. No, I've gone central a few times. Mm-hmm. But Cordy says Southern California. That's right. I think when she's talking about snow or something. That's right. That's right. It never snows in Southern California, and she says, like... Just one well, time. did that one time. <laughs> she's talking about that episode, right? That yeah. yeah. Amends. Yes. The impossible snowfall. Um... My first note is just gross, invisible slug. Hmm. My second note is buy a rug. Yes. <laughs> and then Cordy says we should buy a yes. rug. Yes. <laughs> I have very few notes on the price. I don't have as many notes on the price as I did <laughs> on <laughs> Double or Nothing. Most of my notes were complaining notes. Right. Double or nothing. <laughs> um, for this one, I have Love Lauren's Hat. Oh, yeah. Um, I have thanks for the tarantula warning, M. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I used um, the password that I need a magic bug. (laughs) I know, so gross. (laughs) So weird. It was just so random. (laughs) I know. But I liked how she's a little put out about it. (laughs) Just made me laugh, her reaction to it. He's starting to have some looks, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, just overhearing Cordy saying, you know, how Angel is her priority or whatever. You're my other stuff priority. Yeah. That was a pretty good line. (laughs) I like that. I have, they need to call Wesley. I think this was after the slug went into Fred. Ah, you called that? Yep. Oh, she talks about it, too. <clears throat> She's like, I don't know anything about this stuff, and I hate it. <laughs> if it's right. about physics, yes. <laughs> right, right. Ancient Sumerian or whatever. Nope. I put, I think that guy should switch to water. You get a bellyache from 100 peach smoothies. <laughs> just seemed like a really thick, sweet thing to drink so much of when you just need water. It was odd (laughs) to me (laughs) that he was in like a smoothie bar. There were just so many other things they could have chosen. Yes, 
exactly. And I just couldn't get the thought out of my head that he's drank like a hundred. They said like a hundred peach smoothies. I'm like, uh, what? That just makes uh, <laughs> awful. That just sounds terrible. All I can think of is like nectar. <laughs> right. Although it looked a lot thinner than I picture in my head. Just an odd choice. Maybe it was peach olay. <laughs> <laughs> Whip. Belly ache still. Yes. Oh yes. Um. I have. So they didn't think a big hole in the floor would let them escape. <laughs> if you're hearing strange sounds, you're gonna chop a big hole in the floor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would have been okay. Good. They're not on our floor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're safe. <laughs> Um, I have Fred talking like Gollum is kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. Uh, gross scar. I think that was a, yeah, Wesley's scar. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm crying a little foul on drinking alcohol and having it cough the bug up instantly. <laughs> I mean, I know that's why you get hangovers and stuff. But the thought of it working in like three minutes, just I really cry foul on that. It doesn't dry your body up instantly. <laughs> Enough that would make the bug get out. No. Oh well, it's a nice thought theory. It is, it is. But it doesn't hold up. Upon scrutiny. Uh, and just watching her like chug that vodka just made me want to wretch. <laughs> Um, I have another angel quote. Groove, damsel in distress. You know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> and then I have, well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> angel so, or Cordy? Connor. Oh, Connor. Connor showing up. That's that's all the notes I have on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can we really say? It's interesting. I mean, Cordy did something interesting. Yeah, we don't quite I, know what. <laughs> yeah, I they didn't don't write anything what. down because I was I was just like, huh. So she turned really bright, and it made all the slugs go away. <laughs> okay. Was it was it Harold that said that about brought up the bomb? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I was just remembering that it was that was a thing. It like. Blew up any demon within its within a fourth of a block. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Within a fourth of a mile. <laughs> <laughs> like ooh oh, well who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Cordy saved everybody. Impressive. Yeah. And and then Connor's back. Were you expecting that? No. Gosh, no. You never said anything like that. No, I I did not expect to see Connor so soon. I I thought. I think my prediction was that they were going to. 
somehow find a way into that dimension and save him. Right. right. And you wanted Wesley to, so he could get vindicated. Right, right. Not vindicated as much as just... A little redemption or yeah, something. Yeah, redemption. Um, I, I know when we were, was it, I think it was when we had Matt on with us and we were kind of, or was it, was it John? Maybe it was, I think it was John actually talking about, you know, what were my thoughts on having a baby on the show, you know? Yeah, that was John. Uh-huh. Yeah. And ever going to see Connor again, and, and I know I said something about, I you know, I just don't think he's going to still be a baby, and I thought, you know, maybe they're going to do some sort of time jump, like, a, I don't know. Right, but... I just, I kind of thought that, like, maybe... It you did, you time jumped him to be, like, six, I think. Yeah. But that'd be a huge chunk of time for... I know, I know, so... You just didn't give it enough thought about other dimensions... <laughs> And how the time is different. Right, exactly. That, you know, of course, he's probably aged quite rapidly in this other dimension where it's only been a few days or so, or a week, I don't know. So, so yeah, so he's back and he's what, like 14, 15, something like that? Yeah, 14, 15, that sounds about right. Maybe a little over. Maybe 16. Very interesting. I like it. And it just makes me really curious, like... Has he been, like, some sort of warrior in this other dimension? (laughs) I mean, kind of seems obvious that he's been some sort of... Seems like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that he knew who his dad was, and... I don't know. It, I hope they explain it. I'm sure they will. But I hope it's not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, what would be dumb? <laughs> I don't know. Just, like, uh, barely mentioning it, like, a, like a little conversation between Angel and him, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I've been, I don't know. I want an explanation. I want to know what has been going on. I don't want just a little short explanation and make it believable. I don't know. Do you think there's going to be conflict, or do you think he's just going to come in as part of Angel Investigations now? I don't know. Little Team Connor Angel. (laughs) I don't know, because I... I don't know, but Holtz has been telling him and teaching him. I mean, is why why is Connor some sort of like warrior that was able to destroy that destroyer thing? I mean, when he got into that hell dimension, do they did they know about him? Did they did they have some sort of prophecy about a baby born of two vampires or something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just one of those things that could go a million different ways, and I, I'll never guess what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. 
interested to find out. And I've got... So, Wesley. <laughs> All right. What are they going to do with Wesley? And it occurred to me... Well, for one thing, I wrote down. So, Connor is back. So, Angel has a son back. Does this mean Wesley can come back? Or is what he did just too unforgivable? And he missed, he missed uh, Connor's childhood. He did. That's another thing. It's like... That's not coming back. Angel's not going to be able to play hockey with little, you know, three-year-old Connor. Right. And Angel seemed to really enjoy, you know, wanting to raise him. So, so yeah, that's that's a huge thing. He's missed out on many years. And good years, you know. Yeah. Um... And then it just occurred to me, I was like, the crazy thing would have Wesley work for Wolfram and Hart. Like, go super evil? Yes. That would be a crazy twist on him that I wouldn't put it past him to do something like that. Wouldn't put it past Wesley or past the writers? (laughs) The writers. To, like, take a character that we love that was, you know, so good and then turn him bad, you know? Yeah. So, I think that would be interesting. That would. Because I just don't know what they're going to do with him. And I've been kind of spoiled on... Like I said, those Red Room guys did, like, the their top 50 or something like that TV characters of all time. And Wesley, I, I think Wesley was in the top 10. They didn't say anything as to why. But it kind of got my curiosity going. Because, yeah, he's a great character, but I'm like, top 10 of all time? Hmm. What do they do with him? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I guess I've had kind of, like, one of those opinion spoiler type things. You know, like, where he is now, no one would put him in the top ten, so they must do something very interesting with his character. Well, I will say that these events have led to a change in Wesley that changes him forever. I am kind of seeing that, like, and that's why, I mean, Wolfram and Hart could definitely use someone like Wesley with his knowledge of everything I don't know his they have people who interpret old you know things like that one guy that works for them was all impressed at the translations that Wesley had done right so I don't know be an asset yep I want him to go back to Angel Investigations I want everything to be okay with everybody (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know I don't think that's going to happen so those are just my Wesley thoughts going to be fun that's that's like my predicting mind as it stands right now is Wesley ends up with Wolverine Hart interesting yeah 
so yeah I guess we've All talked right. to Connor a bit um what else should we ask Angel what do you think Oh, that's not your cat? <laughs> no. Kitty, you are not joining this household. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what are my angel thoughts? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, I mean, he's like, in my mind, he's, it's just all about Connor and Angel right now. Like, what's. I can't think of Angel as like an individual. <laughs> I'm. It's hard to think of him without thinking of Connor. Are we ever going to see Holtz again? I was wondering that. Because we've got to. We've got to have some sort of some some sort of explanation because obviously Connor was like going after this destroyer thing too and it just so happens to like land in his dad's hotel and he knows that that's his dad so yeah I'm sure we're going to see Holtz I bet you we see Holtz like in the next episode I don't know I don't know expecting Connor to come back like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about Connor. I was all, what's going to happen with Wesley? <laughs> and then there's Connor, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Do you have any interest in the Cordy Angel storyline and where that's going to go? Um, yeah. I guess we can throw Gru in there. Yeah, because I think, I think a little seed was planted that, I don't think Cordy and Gru are going to last much longer. I think he's going to know that Angel is, she and Angel are supposed to be together, and he, I think he's going to do the noble thing. I really do. I think he's going to bow out. You think they're gonna the show's gonna put them together? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Especially with making Cordelia like part demon. Right. Like maybe maybe her power maybe she can somehow like Not reverse the curse, but I don't know. Maybe it'll have something to do with... She seems to have, like, powers that can harness. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so... Because, yeah, I think they'll get together, and I think making her a demon was, like, the first step towards that, like, making sense, because we all know the angel just can't. So there's got to be some sort of right reason, you know. 
I think they will. I'm okay with it. They're good together. I mean, they seem to just really understand each other. And, you know, she knows what he needs. He seems glad that she's back, you know. Right. So, yeah, I think they'll end up together. All right. Well, you're ready to finish the series? The season? The season. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I actually need to pull up the list. I need a second. There are three episodes to finish out. And I'll tell you, you're in for some surprises you'll, you haven't and will never guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. That's why it's hard. I'm just, I just can't predict these things. It, you, they make it impossible. There's no way you could predict what's going to happen. Oh, man. Okay, so what are they? Okay. A New World, Benediction, and Tomorrow. That's Connor discovering this world. Benediction? Like a prayer? Is that the only thing that benediction means? Oh, in, in Mormon talk, that's the closing prayer of a meeting. <laughs> like, that's my only context for that word. <laughs> but it couldn't have other meanings I'm not aware of. <laughs> Someone says a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know on that one. And tomorrow, so that's the that's the ser- the season ending. Yep. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. I'm looking up benediction. An utterance or bestowing of a blessing, especially at the end of a religious service. All right, so. It's not just a Mormon thing. Not just Mormons. (laughs) 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 All right, well, someone says a prayer. (laughs) 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 All right. I guess I'll find out. I might be able to watch one of these before I go to sleep. Okay, just uh, do you know how to easily check if we got the recording, all of it? Still says recording a call, but I don't know how to easily check. After it loads up, you can just check the end and see if it's our wrap-up. Okay, I will check and hopefully it's good. And I'll put it in the Dropbox. All right, everyone, I'm letting you know now, if it didn't record, we will redo these two episodes. You know what? Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> I am not doing what we've been watching again. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I am absolutely not going through that again. So that's done. If you don't hear it on this podcast, you're not going to hear that, and we're moving on with what we've been watching. Yep. 
if these don't record, I would be perfectly happy with doing all five in one big podcast. Oh, okay. That's so I guess you don't even have to check tonight, but you might as well. I might as well. But you can watch no matter what, because we're just going to... Well, yeah, we'll just do that. But let's just cross our fingers. <laughs> yes. That we don't even have to cross that bridge. Right. So. All right. All right. Well, enjoy, Sue. Thank you. I will. Hope you like the ending. I hope so. And. Yeah. So next week we're doing. Four, huh? Yes, next week is we're going to take a little Buffy break and do a little Yes Mother. We're going to watch Psycho 4. Well, i got to track that down. No, oh, just rent it. <laughs> it. Well, I can watch it and then I'm going to see you on oh, that's right. Monday at the zoo. Cool. I'll just bring it and you can I'll curse forever why I didn't just buy two copies. <laughs> it was like three bucks. I yeah. So stupid. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, I'll just, I'll watch it before I see you guys at the zoo. Ooh, I'm going to have Booker with me again. Sweet, we'll watch it together. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well. Alright, I guess I will talk to you later. Okay. Alright, see ya. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> so, I didn't even have the app downloaded on my phone because it's like one of the first things to go if I'm like out of room and I need it and I'm on the go. I start deleting apps and Skype's one of the first. <laughs> and so I downloaded it, which took forever. And then I couldn't remember my password. And then I finally did. And then every time I got to your contact, my phone would crash. Oh my gosh. So I'm on my iPad, which isn't as old. Apps are crashing like crazy on my phone. I need a new one. This, I think with the brand new iOS, it's just like, you're done. <laughs> iPhone 4s, <laughs> you are done. Take the hint. <clears throat> it's quite obsolete. your iPad have the recorder on it? No. So, okay. you're it. Okay. <laughs> mine, mine just it popped up, so it's recording. Okay. And just I will just keep an eye on it. <laughs> do this. A little prayer in our hearts. <laughs> I'll be at Comic-Con, so I'll be having fun. Yeah. So... There's a panel that's called, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Hero and Icon of the Ages or something like that. I'm like, maybe I probably shouldn't go to that. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and then Emma Caulfield's going to be at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, and she's doing a panel, and I'm like, I better not go to that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got one more season. <laughs> right, you got it just next year. <laughs> next year. <laughs> or if they do the January one, I was calculating today how long it took us to do these, and we should finish up in January. Oh, wow. So then we'll have Angel, but that'll only be one show. Wow, and then Bates will start up again. Yeah, I think we could really possibly finish up before Bates starts. That would be awesome. Finish up Angel, too? Yeah. We should try and make that a goal, just so the Buffy stuff is just done, and we can do, like, yeah Dollhouse or something after Bates is... Yeah, we can just be done with it, and then we can just have a regular Bates with some what we've been watching, and then right. start on Dollhouse. I would yeah, love that. That would be awesome. Yeah, let's try and do that, even if... At the end, we've got to, like, record twice a week or something. Yeah, okay. I'll do a grand plan and see where we're at. Okay. See how many weeks, if any, we need to double up or whatever we need to do. Okay, because, yeah, during the wintertime, I've got a lot of free time. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I'm not camping and garden and cannon and stuff. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be podcasting. Wintertime, I'm, I'm all yours. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be convenient, because you'll probably like, um, can we record? <laughs> <laughs> you get those little one o'clock in the morning phone calls for me. I just finished. Let's record. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure didn't happen after watching these two. <laughs> okay. We right. should start. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain But that's just perfect for an Amish like me You know I shun fancy things like electricity At 4.30 in the morning I'm milking cows Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows Fool and I've been milking and plowing so long that Even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine Then tonight we're gonna party like it's 300 years, but we ain't really quaint, so please don't point and stare, we're just technologically impaired. There's no phone, no lights, no motor car, not a single luxury, like Robinson Crusoe, it's as primitive as can be.
Keith, churning lots of butter Raise the barn on Monday, soon I'll raise another Think you're really righteous? Think you're pure in heart? Well I know I'm a million times as humble as thou art I'm the pious guy, the little omelets wanna be like on my knees Day and night, scoring points for the afterlife So don't be vain, and don't be whiny Or else my brother, I might have to get medieval on your hiney We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise We're all crazy men and nights living in an Amish paradise There's no cops or traffic lights living in an Amish paradise But you'd probably think it bites living in an Amish paradise Amish paradise. <laughs> we could do it for moles. Do you think we would like excise the moles? <laughs> I love Weird Al. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> okay, so we have what what we've been watching from from Val and from Harold. All right, so Val. Um, what she has been watching. Uh, she says, I'm currently watching the most recent season of the Sundance Channel series called Rectify. I had heard it was pretty good and critics loved it too. I had been putting it off for a while, but after recently hearing more people talk about it on Facebook, I decided to finally start watching. It helped that the first season is only six episodes, so I knew I could knock those out quickly enough. The first two seasons are on Netflix, and I took my time with it, finished it in a little under a month, and now I'm on episode two of season three. It's a moody, somewhat dark show about a guy, Daniel Holden, who has been on death row for 19 years since he was 18, but after new DNA evidence comes out, he's released on a technicality. Um, It still hasn't been revealed if he has actually committed the crime, so I guess they're going to drag it out, but it's really about how he and his family deal with him being home again. Daniel is messed up after spending all the time in solitary confinement for so long. He's quite an interesting and somewhat puzzling character, so he's solemn and withdrawn. I don't know if enjoyable is the right word, but I do like this series. But of course, it's not exactly a laugh riot. It's a very somber and quiet show. Well acted and intriguing enough for me to keep watching. I recommend. And yeah, Val, I have seen all of season one and most of season two. I haven't yet, but it sounds... Sounds like something I'd like. It's pretty good. It is. It's it's a pretty intense, pretty dark show. Um, but it it really is kind of an interesting look at, you know, because he has he's been on death row for like twenty years, mm-hmm. and just kind of what that does to a person when they're suddenly like freed, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And. And yeah, the the ev- the DNA evidence just doesn't match the evidence that convicted him. So you really so don't you don't know if he did it or not. Right. It's not one of those stories like conviction that's like finally, you know, I'm out. This innocent man, you know, that's a whole different kind of thing. This is a maybe or maybe not. Right. Right. Like they just couldn't hold him. 
because the evidence just, it wasn't him. Which doesn't mean he wasn't part of it, you know. Right. But, but yeah, Val, I like this show too. Um, I don't like the sister and wonder what you think. Tell me what you think of the sister because I really find her uber annoying. I, ugh. Hmm. But, but yeah, it's good. Um, she says, still watching Wet Hot American Summer. I have to say, I wasn't impressed by the first episode, and I don't think I even laughed once. But since there are only half-hour eps, I kept going. Glad I did, because they actually have been getting more entertaining and definitely had some more laugh-out-loud moments. Think I'm on the sixth ep right now. Love that it's only eight episodes, too. All these shorter series, all these shorter series shows today are, for the most part, a good thing for my viewing experience. It holds my short span attention better and gives me more time to watch other things. I'm glad Buffy isn't around today. I wouldn't want a shortened season for that show. Yeah, I still have only watched, I don't know, four or five of Wet Hot, and yeah, there are some serious laugh-out-loud moments, for sure. And as I said before, I enjoyed it, but I don't think I actually laughed much. But yeah. it's worth watching. Yeah. I don't know. I'm all lukewarm about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not really your thing not, anyway. So It's really not my thing anyway, and I... Yeah. I watched the movie just because I knew these were coming out and everyone was excited about it, so I wanted to see what the big deal was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh. Um, but it's funny and it's it's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll finish it up. It's one of those things I I'll just get to. <laughs> I've got a list of shows I need to finish. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, she says, "What else? This week I just finished an ABC Family show called The Fosters. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try not. We'll to. try not to judge." <laughs> They split their seasons into two parts, usually ten episodes each, so this was season 3A. I really enjoy this show. It's something different for sure. It's about a family with two moms, one white, one biracial, and they're raising five kids, four who they have fostered slash adopted. The oldest boy is a biological son of one of the moms from when she was married to her ex-husband, who just happens to be her partner at the San Diego Police Department. Man, they just pack a lot in. <laughs> she is played by Terry Polo, who played Ben Stiller's wife in all those Meet the Fucker movies, and she is so good in this. Had no idea she was that good an actress. And she's a great crier. I never thought I'd be watching a show on the ABC Family Channel, but I liked it right from the start. Sure, it has a bunch of teen-driven storylines, but also there's also adult mixed stuff mixed in there, too, so it balances out. And damn if it did make me cry in some of the episodes. Well, <laughs> you enjoy that. <laughs> that just doesn't sound like my thing. <laughs> it sounds like a downgraded parenthood. Mm. I don't know. I might be judging. Parenthood's okay. I've seen a few seasons, but I, it's, I don't know. I can't take it for very long. Yeah, I've never watched it. It yeah. sounds like maybe a grade below that but kind of the same idea. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and this is the second time we're discussing these, everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. <laughs> we already did this for the last pun, the last, the lost recordings, and so we're even going to be a little less interested in everything. <laughs> I think we were a little bit harder on you, Val, in the first recording about the Fosters. <laughs> oh, were we? I don't know. It seems like we made fun of it quite a bit. Uh, Maybe not. We're yeah. just going to be a little more apathetic about everything. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, she says, I've also been enjoying the second season of the USA Channel sitcom called Playing House. I don't think many people know this show, but I heard good reviews about it on a couple of podcasts last year, so I checked it out. I love its quirky humor from its two lead characters, Emma and Maggie, who are best friends in real life and created the show. And play best friends on the show, too. They are so funny together, you can tell they sometimes they go off script with alternative lines just to make each other laugh. Basically, the story is about two best friends, Maggie, who is pregnant, but finds out her hubby cheated on her, so they divorce, and her best friend, Emma, quits her job and decides to stay with her and help raise the baby when it arrives. It's way better than I can describe. All of season one is still on demand, so it's easy to catch up. The show airs Tuesdays at 10. Yeah, another one I've never heard of. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't seen a USA anything for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she says, another new comedy I've been watching is called Another Period. It's on Comedy Central. Don't even know what day because I've been watching it on demand. It's pretty funny. It takes place in 1902, and it's like a mixture of Downton Abbey and a bad reality show like the Kardashians. This one we really this wanted to we check were out. Like, All right. <laughs> We're in. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> um, from one description, it centers around two self-absorbed sisters, Lillian and Beatrice Bellacourt, who are solely concerned with how they look, what parties they attend, and becoming famous. They're super rich, too. Every once in a while, famous people of the time will appear. The funniest one so far was with Helen Keller and her teacher, Annie Sullivan. Any show that can have Helen Keller be involved in a crazy drunken brawl, I'm in. We're in. <laughs> yeah, we're in. <laughs> there was a scene where the sisters and some other guests are having a drinking contest with Annie and Helen, and things get way out of hand. But the best part of the scene was seeing Annie Sullivan drunkenly screams at Helen right in her face, You're nothing without me, Keller, nothing! <laughs> then Helen calmly takes her hands and feels Annie's face and sweetly says, I love you, Annie. But this angers Annie even more, and she shoves her into an expensive vase, breaking it, which makes Lillian scream, That's a mean vase, you you deaf bitch. We only have 17 of those. <laughs> and then the wacky brawl ensues. You'd have to see it to appreciate the funny. If you like that kind of humor, then it's for you. You can also see ups on the Comedy Central site, and some are on YouTube. Yeah, I'm going to definitely check that out. Yeah, me too. Um... Let's see. She says, still watching the vampire show The Strain on FX. This second season has not been as good as the first season, but it's entertaining enough. I like that these vampires are way different than any TV vampires you've seen. They have these long, these thick long tongues with the stinger on the end, and it comes shooting out as far about 10 feet, and that's how they infect their victims. Oh, and then a bunch of these gross little white worms also get in the victims' bodies, and you can see them moving around under their skin. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a book that my stylist, Patrick, has told me about a few times. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I haven't heard much about the series. Just 
But it's on FX. That's a pretty... Yeah. I've heard a few people talk about it, and most people seem to feel the same way Val does. that They loved season one, but season two is kind of meh. Huh. But, I don't know. I like vampire stuff. Yeah, and those sound interesting. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. I'm sure it'll hit Netflix or Amazon one of these... One of these days. Yeah. Um... I had been watching The Whispers when it first started, but I kind of stalled at around episode 5, I think. I don't even know if it's over or not. Sue, weren't you watching? I initially intended to watch because I like shows with creepy little kids. I think I remember you talking about it, and Emily was not having any of it. Do creepy <laughs> little kids give you the Wiggins, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> creepy little kids that kill their moms, yes. <laughs> yeah, I... I probably got about five episodes into Val and just kind of forgot about it. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it's got much of an impact. Uh, I just, I just have a hard time like remembering. I don't have a DVR and stuff. I just don't remember what night shows are on. Right. And then once I get a couple behind, I'm like, meh. Right. I'll just wait till it's on. You know, because I remember like missing a couple weeks and then watching half the last half of one and just not understanding what was going on <laughs> so I mean I liked what I saw for the most part you know it was it was it was interesting I'll if it is Netflix or Amazon I'll, I'll watch it hmm. yeah. yeah and then she says over the weekend watch two DVDs the woman in gold this stars Helen Mirren and Ryan Reynolds. Synopsis. A Holocaust survivor named Maria Altman, whom Mirren plays, fighting alongside her attorney, Reynolds, to retrieve her lost family heirlooms that were stolen by the Nazis, including a number of priceless Klimt paintings. Uh, Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black played the young Mirren in flashbacks and does it all in German. It's not a flawless to me. The girl is talented. It's not a huge role for her, but she's pretty good in this. I think I was more intrigued in the flashbacks than the current story with Marin and Reynolds. And bonus for me, because it's a true story, which is something that I tend to gravitate to in movies. When know something is based on a true story, I get more invested. So I recommend this one. Yeah, in the same way. Yeah, same. It, it looks pretty good. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I like Helen Marin. Not a huge Ryan Reynolds person, but... No. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't do it for me. No. Um, also saw an indie film starring Kristen Stewart called Camp X-Ray. I don't think a year ago you could have gotten me to watch a film that starred her, but I saw the trailer not too long ago and it looked interesting. I don't think many have heard of this film either. Here's a synopsis. A young woman is stationed as a guard in Guantanamo Bay, where she forms an unlikely friendship with one of the detainees. As two people on opposite sides of a war, they struggle to find their way through, through the ethical quagmire of Guantanamo Bay. In the process, they form an unlikely bond that changes both of them. It's pretty much a character study piece, and I was pretty invested in the story. She did a good job with the role, and it was something different for her. Not exactly a laugh riot because of the subject matter, but I'm giving it a thumbs up. Still to come, Val's two must-see shows on Netflix. One's Netflix. One is Australian, and the other is British. Oi. Have we gotten those yet? Uh-uh. Mm. 
Still waiting, pal. <laughs> yep. Alright, so that is... That is from Val. Alrighty. Then... We've got some what we've been watching from Harold. Okay. He says, I just watched Sense8, which has been mentioned in the Facebook group and by Iggy on Twitter. They've been going to town on Sense8 also just yesterday, I think, on the Sue Watches Buffy Facebook group. Um... I thought it was good, but I can't give it a ringing endorsement either. As I assume you know, it's about eight people from around the globe who gain a psychic connection to one another and and get the ability to channel one another when they need others' specific skill or talent. Sort of as if Buffy could channel Willow's computer skills when needed. There are some great action. Thank you for giving us a something we could relate to. <laughs> ah, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> There are some great action scenes and a few really special scenes where the eight share intense experiences together. But this was detracted by the individual eight stories. Um, did not feel like sketches lifted from other movies. And there was a tendency to fall back to using one particular character's martial art skills over and over again to solve the other's problems with a stylish kick to the chest. <laughs> Funny, they're like, oh, let's just use the martial arts. <laughs> Take it again. <laughs> It also had one other thing, which is a little thing, but it always drives me crazy whenever a show shoots in Chicago, which is that characters are always at some local landmark, no matter how absurd it would be in reality. So, for example, there are two Chicago cops who take a break from patrol on the south side to get hot dogs from Superdog, which I'm sure they picked because it's a unique-looking location, but it is a hot dog stand that is on the north side, about 45 minutes away from where these guys patrol, which, of course, makes no sense. There are hot dog stands all over the city. There are more hot dog stands in Chicago than McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's combined. <laughs> it's a common problem when people shoot in your cities. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 no. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, plus, I had no idea what was going on in the overall storyline with the big bad. Still not, still pretty good. Probably worth watching, but not essential. I'm still going to give it a shot. I'm getting more and more intrigued, especially after today's jam mm-hmm. session. I'm like, all right. All right, guys, I got to see it. All right, guys, it. we'll watch it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> did he do some on his next one? Yeah, he the did. one for, on the double or nothing. Okay, and then his next email. Um, He says, I've seen four documentaries over the past week or so, all worth watching if you are in the mood. Yay, this is a new, what we've been watching, we haven't discussed yet. (laughs) Two were about food. The Search for General So is on Netflix and is about Chinese food in America. You'll hear about that in my What We've Been Watching. (laughs) Um, And Deli Man is about Jewish delis. The most interesting thing about the first is about who gets credit for creating the dish General So's chicken. And the most interesting thing about the other is when they focus on a deli owner named Ziggy, who is a young man with a love for the old ways. Ziggy was definitely the best part of that movie. I also saw Casting By, which is about casting directors. It's mainly about Marion Doherty. 
a casting director who got started in the late 50s and helped the careers of people like Dustin Hoffman, Glenn Close, and so many others, but didn't get the recognition that some felt she deserved. Finally, I saw a slightly older documentary, Who is Harry Nilsson, about the singer from the 1970s who was mainly who I mainly knew as the singer of the Coconut Song and for being a friend of John Lennon's. <laughs> coconut Song. If you like pina coladas. That's what I thought too. And then I'm like, no, that's the pina colada song. I know. And it's always like, I can't believe John Lennon was friends with the pina colada guy. Oh, so it is the pina colada song. Yeah. Okay, I'm like, is it like the, <laughs> I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. I don't think so. I think it's the pina colada song. Okay. That's a really old song. <laughs> Yeah, he That's and like John nice... got into some some antics during John's last weekend. Huh. Yeah. Harry Nelson. Okay. The name's they, familiar and the Phoenix Water song is familiar. He and John got kicked out of a club in L.A. for heckling the Smothers Brothers. It <laughs> 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 just awesome. always made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, to be there, that's awesome. <clears throat> All right. He turns out to have had an interesting career, which he ruined. Oh, wait, no. Maybe the coconut song is Put the Lime in the Coconut. Oh. Is that called the coconut song? Put the lime in the coconut. I'm going to. Someone needs to Google. <laughs> yeah. I'll Google it while you're reading. Okay. <clears throat> We're so confused. Obviously, I knew more about Harry as being John's friend than his music. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he turns out to have had an interesting career, which he ruined due to a combination of alcohol, drugs, too much smoking, and probably mental illness, although they squirted around that one. So, you put the lime in the coconut is a much cooler song than the it, it is it is that one it's just okay yeah. okay that's better in my that just sinks better in my brain that he was friends with John Lennon the guy that wrote that song <laughs> yeah I think in my mind I always thought it was the Pina Colada song uh. so I always thought it was just so funny that John was friends with that guy <laughs> yes <laughs> now wow I've been thinking that since I was like 10 <laughs> I'm glad to know this now. <laughs> it wasn't that guy. <laughs> okay. These two documentaries are tied together by the movie Midnight Cowboy. Doherty casted it, and there is a great interview with John Voight talking about how she believed in him, even though he had, in his own mind anyway, messed up a previous role that she had casted him in. And Nielsen's cover of the song Everybody's Talking was used to great effect in the movie and probably was the first Nielsen song that I ever loved, even though I had no idea who he was at the time. That's oh, so he's doing song. the Everybody's Talking to. Okay. That's a great song. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Deli Man is on Amazon Prime, and the other three are on Netflix. Harold. All right. Thanks, Harold. We got, do we get some of what we've been watching from B? Yeah, and you know, I think, I think Keith Moon died in Harry Nelson's apartment. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Because, <laughs> again, I was like, wow, they're all friends with the coconut song guy. <laughs> 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 the pina colada guy. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Oh, the things that you just put in your head <laughs> that are <laughs> fact and they're not. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> and your brain has a hard time straightening it out because you thought it so long that it's just kind of in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not like I think about it much, but... <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh. So, but yeah, that I'm, I want to watch that Harry Nelson documentary. It sounds interesting. Yeah, I do too. What was that one called? I know, I remember throwing it on my queue. It's on, it's on like, my list. That wasn't the casting by, right? No. Um, who was Harry Nelson? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for your what we've been watching. Got some good recommendations. Yeah, except we do have some what we've been watching from B. Oh, we do? Mm-hmm. Oh. Do you want to read it, or do you want me to? Is it on the feedback from B? Yeah. In the email? Oh. Um. Oh, yep, she does. I didn't realize, because I didn't read her feedback. I don't like to read the feedback until we read it on the air. <laughs> Um, she says, what I've been watching, Curious George, Sesame Street, <laughs> Baby Jesus, <laughs> Baby Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> Baby Genius, sing-alongs, especially the part with the itsy bitsy spider, My Little Pony. I have to say, I started this show since it's appealing to so many men, I figured it would have to, it would have enough kid and adult elements to keep Lucy and I entertained. Alas, Lucy has started screaming every time it comes on. <laughs> Yay, Lucy! <laughs> and while it's entertaining, I do not see the massive appeal. <laughs> I still haven't given it more than a couple minutes. Yeah, I'm, I just don't think I'll ever be giving it. Maybe just to turn it on to see Lucy scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scout will like she likes it, but, you know, the new season will come on Netflix, and she'll like, oh, I guess I haven't seen this, and it'll have been on for six months, and she'll watch it. Mm. I get into it a little bit, but, I don't know, she's not a super fan. On One Dollar, a new documentary about a couple of international development slash economic college students and their two filmmaker friends who go to Guatemala to see what it's like living in extreme poverty for a summer and to see if micro lending does make a big difference for someone living in those circumstances. It's amazing to see the innovation and kindness of people living in those circumstances and it inspired me to go donate to, micro, to a micro lending organization Kiva.org, K-I-V-A.org. So it's a plug, but you'd want to, but you'd want to also after seeing all the cute little Guatemalan kids who are too malnourished to go play. Oh, mm. that sounds sad. 
um, House Hunters slash Flip or Flop. If Lucy is playing nicely and not signing more Itsy Bitsy Spider to me, <laughs> I can watch some mellow HGTV. No Buffy or Angel while she's awake, except Grave, which I had to finish. People with way too much money who get upset because Granite is not up-tempo chic, chic enough. I made up that phrase, but someone was seriously mad about the countertops being Granite. Ugh. I just can't stand watching really rich people and their problems. <laughs> It just pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, Rob likes the House Hunter shows once in a while, and a lot of those little shows he likes, I can stand for about twenty minutes, and then I'm like, nope. Yeah, I. It's those shows. I like Pawn Stars. He can watch that for a little while, or the Storage Wars, and I like. I hate these people so bad. I can stand them for about twenty minutes, yep. and then I can't anymore. I just can't. Yeah, that's what sucks about some of those reality shows, because some of them, I'm, I'm like you, I can watch about 20 minutes, but then just, I don't know, they're just, they're not actors, but they're trying to be difficult, and you, you just see it's all for the camera, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and they're just horrible human beings. Just horrible, horrible human beings, human beings. Yeah. I would never, ever ever spend time with. Right. <laughs> Unless I was forced to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just... Because I like, like, the cooking competition ones, but then when, man, when they do those little one-on-one -on -one interviews and they're like, so-and-so's going down, you know, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just can't, I have to turn it off. Um... She says, good eats. Another thing I can watch while Lucy is up, but not for long, because pregnancy mandates that if you see food, you need said food. <laughs> and I'm probably not supposed to be running around getting the specialty ingredients for healthy Rice Krispie treats and avocado ice cream. Ooh, avocado ice cream. I've seen avocado cake icing, and I think it was on goodies. Wow. But not ice cream. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, Tig, I've heard her on This American Life a few times, so this was a nice glimpse into her life. She looked much different than I had pictured, but she is incredible, and I love her love story. Yeah. Another recommendation, Tig? Another recommendation. I will watch it, just need to be in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, fed up, a look at childhood obesity that is being done, and the ever-interesting aspects of the sugar lobby that Michelle Obama has to tactfully deal with. I really like her and that this is her platform. Also, it makes me want to move to a Scandinavian country where they were able to get a sugar tax passed years ago. <laughs> I often think, man, I want to live in a Scandinavian country. <laughs> Don't some of those countries, they like, they like need to ship garbage in or something. And I don't know the reason for that, but like, <laughs> It's just amazing the way they live. I don't know. It's amazing. It just well, boggles my mind and makes me just give America a big sigh. <laughs> we, we should go. Didn't we find out we're like 30% Scandinavian? Yeah, we that, are. <laughs> we had no idea we had any in us. <laughs> yeah. One of our sisters did the, um, we all pitched in, and she did the DNA test. 
that you can send your DNA in and they'll give you the percentage of all your uh, your nationalities, yeah. like your genetic makeup. We figured if one sister did it, it would be good for all of us. So we all just pitched in. It was really cool. It was really interesting. There was some interesting stuff in there. <laughs> really interesting. The 30% Scandinavian just blew me away. Yeah. I had no idea. And then the 1% Pacific Islander. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, let's see. Project, Project Runway. I am a total fan. This is the only happening now TV show that I follow, and every new episode makes my day. I may subscribe to Netflix discs, discs again just so I can watch earlier seasons. Lately, I like to work on quilts while watching and pretend that this is getting me closer to my career in fashion. Hey, if the person who dressed Willow all those seasons ago could find a job, so can I. Project Runway is something in the past Rob and I have really gotten into, and we haven't watched it for a couple of years, but yeah, we're totally in. We enjoy Project Runway if we can remember to watch it. Yeah, I, That's remember, a good show. I remember being really sick, like with the flu, like where you're just in bed, because mm-hmm. if you stand up, you're going to faint type mm-hmm. sick, and we had cable at the time. It was at like the Fort Union house, I think. And some channel was doing a Project Runway marathon, and for some reason that was, like, the only thing I could handle watching. (laughs) And it wasn't too bad. I mean, it was kind of fun to watch them pick out fabrics and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of cool. Oh, I like that show. Um... She says, now if you'll excuse me, Keith Richards, under the influence, just popped up in my Netflix suggestions, and I will be studying his parenting techniques and see if he has any ideas for my toddler, who likes to dump crackers on the floor. What? He's a great dad. And one of my favorite guitarists from one of my favorite bands ever. Dang, it's midnight, but who needs sleep? Me. I need sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That one pops up on mine, too, and I keep thinking, "Mm, we should watch that sometime. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and one of the latest... uh, Mark Marin, WTF, is Keith Richards. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I just haven't listened yet. So, well, thanks, B. Thanks, B. All right. All right. I'll start, and I haven't really watched anything since the last time we did this that okay. I can think of, so I may have, now that I think about it, but I, I don't know. We're not going to get into it. <laughs> That'll be next time. <laughs> I'll just do what I did last time. Um, so as I declared on the Facebook page, I think when September rolled around or something, that uh, Euro Dreams of Sushi was leaving, mm-hmm. which turned out to be a lie. It must have been like just a cycle contract or something because it's still on there. So if you want to catch it, I believe it's still there. Um okay. So that was when I had started like a year ago and got 20 minutes in and had to stop or something. Sometimes I'm in the mood to watch something, but I want to like watch it and do something else. And since it's got, uh, uh, Oh, does it have like what subtitles? Yeah, it's subtitled. So you have to, right. You're like, Oh crap. I can't really watch this and give it my full attention. Right. Anyway. So I, was totally delighted. I mean, I loved the first 20 minutes I saw, but 
Um, so I just started over because it had been like a year. And I just loved it. I loved it because I just, I enjoyed it. It wasn't just the sushi porn like you think it might be. Which, there's plenty of that. If you like sushi, you, you need to go get some sushi after watching it. But, and you don't even have to be pregnant. <laughs> but it was just, it was really good. I really enjoyed. So, he's like the most world-renowned sushi chef in the world. And he, his restaurant is He's got this tiny little restaurant, and it's located in, like, um, like a subway station, which is kind of strange, not where you would expect to find the best sushi restaurant in the world. Um, and it's, like, booked out, and it's, it's a very personal experience going there, and um, it's very expensive, and you have to wait, like, maybe three or four months for a reservation, but it's one of those things where you like sit at the sushi bar and he'll serve you the courses and just stand there while you eat it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but the most interesting aspect about it is he's so he's got two sons, if I remember correctly, and one of them, the older son, works with him. He's like his, I guess you could refer to him as a sous chef. But he's, you know, like, Euro right now is, like, 90 or something, and he's still doing it. And his son, so his son's, like, in his 50s or 60s. Right. He's probably not exactly 90, but I think he's in his 80s for sure. And the other son started his own restaurant, sushi restaurant, which is has a very high rating and is very respectable. But... It's just interesting, the dynamic of the son that kind of expected his dad to retire maybe like 20 years ago and has worked for him his whole life. Right. And this is like, this is the old school Japanese culture where the work ethic is like insane, you know. Mm -hmm. Your craft is your life and you, if you're not improving your craft, for 16 hours a day, you failed. And so it's just, it's so interesting. And I just find, I find that it's just so different from today and our culture and our, how our brains even work now, you know? So I love to see that there's still somewhere where that's there and that exists. Because you, can, you can't help but just absolutely respect that you know right right it may not be the healthiest way to raise your children and to live your life <laughs> but you respect it right and so I loved that and I loved just hearing the son talk and he's you know he he respects it too but there's a little you can tell that it's you know it's not what he expected out of his life because He's, you know, he's he's a old man now, right. and he's still kind of second. And he expected to have just inherited his father, you know, what he had worked his whole life to inherit. 
but he just does it and he does it every day and it's very important to him and it I don't know it just that little window into that lifestyle and you get to go to like the fishmonger and really see how they do that and what goes into exactly their standards and it's just it's amazing I, I think it's fascinating it sounds really interesting I've, I've heard it's really really good I need to watch it yeah and there's just it's very and you know at the end there's there's kind of a reveal which I can oh. I will not say I mean it's not like whoa twist but there's an interesting <laughs> reveal that is I think kind of made the movie almost Oh, cool. And anyway, so that uh, what Harold talked about, that search for general, so um, popped up, you know, the recommendation, Netflix recommendation. So I'm like, I'm going to watch that, too. I watched it. I think I watched it the next day. I didn't do a double feature that night, but I thought, let's stay with the uh, the Asian foods <laughs> documentaries. Why not? <laughs> And I had heard about it. I've heard a few people mention it. Um, I know Matt Singer was one of them. Mm -hmm. And this one was interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, just, it's, now that was like a total Japanese culture thing. This is like the history of Chinese food in America. But not only Chinese food, it's like the history of Chinese um immigration in America, how they've been treated since since they moved here, how they're treated now, how it's evolved. Just the interesting fact that you could really just, you know, you immigrated here and you could either do restaurant or laundry, you know. Mm -hmm. And what they did to their food to Americanize it, so like people... I guess it got like a really big surge. It started really in like the 60s with the chop suey. And they had to, you know, it, they talk about the chefs and stuff, how bland they think it is. And, you know, they just had to totally cater their food to American taste. Um, which I'm, I may be naive, but I think um, there's restaurants out there that are trying to be more authentic, you know, these days. We're, we've come a long way since the 60s. Oh, yeah. Um, but still, you know, you go to Chinese restaurants and you know it's totally Americanized. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't even the fortune cookie, like, invented by an American? Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> and that was one of the things. They took. They went to China, the filmmakers, and they took fortune cookies, and some of them had just never even... The, had no idea what this was. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess, you know, the search for General So is they're trying to figure out who this guy was, uh -huh. if he liked this dish. And it's just an interesting, you know, they talk about how it was just this made up dish that's in like every single Chinese restaurant now. And there was even a guy that like collects menus <laughs> that like has 5,000 takeout menus that he collects. Why? I don't know. <laughs> there is just, 
if there's something out there, there's going to be an expert on it, and they're going to have oh. this weird collection, and he lives in New York, and he's got an entire closet, like a walk-in closet, and I just think, man, the real estate space. <laughs> <laughs> Use for your menus. <laughs> That's where my brain went. <laughs> That's just so odd. Yeah, but he goes through some of his menus. I just, I love it, though, that he's like, this is my time to shine. Someone needs my expertise. I know, I know. That's Gets just a little hilarious. 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure some of them may even be worth something if, if it's from a restaurant that was really famous that closed down or something. Yeah, I don't know. Right. You know. But since he has this collection, they were able to, like, pinpoint when it came to America, when it started appearing in menus. (laughs) Oh, that is so funny. And they talk about the different recipes, and anyway, they do, like Harold talked about, they go to China, and apparently it originated in Taiwan, and it's a a Hunan dish, Hunan, Mm -hmm. and... Uh, General So was a person, but he, like, didn't eat chicken. Anyway, it was fun. And it was really fun that they found the chef that originated the the dish. He's still alive. He and his son came on, and they kind of interview him, and they, like, show him pictures of American General So's chicken, and he's just like, ugh, what? (laughs) Totally unrecognizable to him, and it was just fun. Oh, that's funny. It's just, you know, it's it's if you're interested in Chinese food, and it's it's not just this dish. It's, like I said, you know, you learn a little about the history of immigration in America with the Chinese, and it's totally worth watching, I thought. Yeah, it's it's been on my list for a while, because, cause yeah, I heard the girl who did the movie, I heard her on podcast i don't know which one talking about it and it sounded interesting and especially if you uh want to hit up a asian food double feature there you go that's a good double feature (laughs) i enjoyed it just might be doing that i've got some days off coming up and we'll be working on some halloween projects Right. <laughs> and we'll have something going on in the background on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing I watched was uh, called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And this is a, uh, when I heard about this, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. It's a Iranian black and white vampire movie. Um, with a like a a young woman director, and I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> and it's really good. I it's probably not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a vampire slasher movie. It, but it's it's kind of moody and it's. Like I said, it's black and white, and it's subtitled, but this movie is for you if you are a lighting nerd, because I'm not a lighting nerd, but I kept noticing the lighting. It's really beautiful. I 
appreciate good lighting. Yeah. And I thought it was a sweet story. It's um, it's one of those that they don't really say vampire, and it's not like ooh scary, but you know it has some intense moments. I, I really enjoyed it. I really did. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I. Uh, I think it might be for you. <laughs> yeah, I uh, put it on my list after we talked about these on our last recording. And I probably talked better about it then, because it was really fresh in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm, like, scrambling. No, I really... I I thought it was very good. No, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. And I had... A little, uh, kind of some ethnic movies <laughs> is all yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> Yours is quite the international I, <laughs> display. I'll try and watch some American movies. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> gonna watch some Michael Bay's. No, it's not. what I've been watching, more or less. Cool. Um, well, I finished uh, season three of Orange is the New Black. Ah, uh, yes. And I liked it. I didn't love the ending. I I prefer their more cliffhangy endings. So, I mean, it was fun seeing all the women in the lake and having a good time, but I don't know. Yeah, ending-wise, I can see where you're at. And I wasn't totally into the lake scene either. It was kind of a little saccharine. Yeah, a little. I am curious. I guess the most cliffhanging thing is, um, like, Alex. When that... Right. When that guard. Yeah. Spoilers for season three. Spoilers for season three of Orange is the New Black. So, so do you think that guard was someone that that guy she's afraid of? Yeah. Sent? I totally do. I do too. I don't know if she's dead or not, but yeah, for sure. She's not my favorite by any stretch. I don't dislike her as much as you do. Yeah. I like her better than Piper. Eh, just not real keen on either of them. I thought I loved every scene with Piper's brother and wanted him in it a lot more than he was. Yes, he was amazing. Oh, he and his wife, yeah, the whole used panty (laughs) storyline was kind of funny. I was so afraid. I was really anxious for some reason when they were trying to, like, I don't know, I think I... This is so stupid, but I was a little upset that they were trying to fake people out. (laughs) That they were cheating people. Then I'm like, they're cheating nasty panty sniffers. (laughs) Way to defend those guys. Way to champion those guys. (laughs) People that will pay for 
prison panties. Yeah, they don't need to be championed, but I don't. There was some part of me that was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> These people are paying a high price." <laughs> it was funny, but it was funny. Um, one of my favorite storylines was Cindy uh, wanting to become Jewish so that she got the kosher meals. <laughs> oh, I think that was my favorite. I loved that so much. I did too, and I just loved, I mean, I think she was really kind of serious. <laughs> well, not at the beginning, but she absolutely was at the end, and I yeah. loved that so much. Yeah, I thought that was great. But she was just totally doing it so they could get kosher meals. And then she just learned to, like, totally love it and really, really take it into herself and really, truly want to be converted. I loved that. Yep, yep. Her her little sit-down visit with the the rabbi was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and, And, yeah, and she got her natural water to be baptized in. I thought that was awesome. That was definitely the best part about the lake thing. The and lake thing, yeah. I would have liked that. I, I don't know. I, that scene would have been better if it was just her. But it's there's a little something about them all, like just having a free moment, you know, which is oh, fine. Yeah. And I, I guess I like that. But, yeah, that was definitely my favorite part about that whole idea. Yeah, I mean, the... I guess they had to make it happen somehow, but, you know, those two guys were fixing the fence or whatever. I was like, really? So they have the guys come remove part of the fence while all the girls are out in the yard? <laughs> yeah, that seemed odd. That was pretty dumb. But, but no, I liked it. I, I, as a whole, I did enjoy season three quite a bit. I really enjoyed season three. Yeah, I I had a I struggled with it at first because I don't know the first two seasons I was just like I watched both seasons within like a couple days of them getting released you know uh-huh. and then for some reason season three I I just I watched about three or four and then didn't didn't watch any for weeks I don't know I didn't I mean I was all excited for it and then it came out and it was funny like all of us on the Facebook page were like it's coming out today it came out today and then like none of us watched it for like a month I know (laughs) (laughs) it was weird once I I watched it I watched it but not like you but yeah um I enjoyed Mike Berbiglia being in it yeah for sure we love him. Yeah, and that was a great part for him. Yep, yep. Yeah, I liked season three better than season two. I'm probably in the minority, but I really did. I found, I just found the storylines really great. That I think the difference is, what was the lady's name? I want to say Meep and Veep. V. <laughs> v. That was weird. Okay, V. I just found myself so anxious about a lot of things in the second one that I think it, this one was just more relaxing fun to watch. It, I, I know what you're talking, yeah. Her, hey, her pain hey was, she was such a villain. <laughs> she was such a villain, and I just, ooh, her putting, you know, the races against each other just made me so mad. 
stirring up that pot and stuff, and it just, yeah, yeah. it's really hard to watch, and yeah, I just, I, I just oh, have more yeah. relaxing, fun time watching this season. Yeah. I thought the, what's her name, Pensacotti, is that her name? The dark-haired girl? It's, yeah, Pensacotti, something like that. Yeah, I, I found her storyline just so sad. Oh, her, man. Her mom, what a horrible woman. Yeah, ugh. It's so sad because it's like that happened. Uh, I know. And you just don't even want to know, you know? Just no self worth at all. Yeah. I mean, just, I don't know, just very, and just guys taking advantage of it, but, uh -huh. you know, what it, it happens. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of the Norma being a miracle person no I mean I found the dynamics it created interesting and I you know like I found what it what they were trying to say about it like the metaphor of it interesting mm -hmm. but the actual people thinking she was some sort of savior and her like Miracles and... Miracles and her kind of going along with it bugged me. Yeah. And I thought... I couldn't believe how far she let it go. Like, that other meth head. I hate her so bad. The blonde. Yeah, the one that kind of took over the group. And I, I couldn't believe that she would have let it get that far for so long. Yeah. It kind of pissed me off. Yeah. It made me lose a lot of respect for her, which she just kind of seemed like a nice lady, you know? Right, right. I can't stand that blonde. She's, she's got to go. She's got to go. As the sister speak ladies would say, she's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I liked it. I liked the season as a whole, for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, I watched on, I think on Amazon Prime, something called the Warwicker Trilogy. It's, uh, it stars Bill Nighy, Nighy. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I like him. I like him, too. He's an handsome dude. I really want to see this. Yeah, it's interesting. He plays a guy named Johnny Warwicker, who is like an ex- British intelligence, like whatever the British equivalent of the CIA is called. Mm. Um, he's like an ex. I can't remember why he's ex. He had done something, or I, I can't remember. But, but yeah, it's three different, like hour and a half or so episodes. Um, uh, it's just really good. He's great. Uh, the second one is not so great, but the first and third one are great. Um, it's, it's been a long time now since I've watched them, so I like <laughs> <laughs> If you like a good mystery, and you like Bill Nye, and you like... It's just good. Um, I like all those things. Yep. The second one is, like, called Turks and Caicos, and that's where he is, and... I don't know. It has Winona Ryder in it, and I just, I 
just don't think she's a good actress. I just, I've never liked her. I've never had a complaint. I... But, I don't know. I've never been like, wow, she's good. (laughs) I'm just not a fan of her. Um, She's always been my kind of tentative celebrity lookalike. Oh, yeah, yeah, you... Yeah, you do look quite a bit like her, actually. So, if there's any... Yeah, if there's a actress that you look like, it would be her. Yeah. But... I just... I just don't think she's a very good actress. Yeah. She's just the same all the time. That's I think that's my problem with her. She is just always the same. I just feel like... And it's been so long since I've seen anything she's in. I just feel like I can't even really talk about her acting. <laughs> well, watch the Warwicker trilogy. All right, I will. I mean, it's it's redeemed. That particular episode is redeemed because it also has Christopher Walken in it. Oh, sweet. Um, and he's always great. But oh, yeah. I just, you know, with the Winona writer, plus I found the story of that one just kind of confusing. I couldn't follow it very well. It's like the Sherlock curse, the curse of the British second show. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sherlock, the second one's always the worst. (laughs) Yep, yep. But it's good, it's good. Um, Bill Nye has got a really funny part in uh, Love Actually. Oh yeah, I I remember you telling me that. Pretty funny character in that. I still need to watch that. Maybe this Christmas you'll watch it. Um, my favorite cooking show started a new season, The Great British Baking Show on PBS. Right. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a competition I like because they, the Brits are just so polite. They They actually help each other. (laughs) Um, You ought to watch like the British... Big Brother, because I bet it's not. <laughs> I don't think so. I have a friend that watches that. <laughs> I, you know, she lives in England, and I just, I every night, I, I know the night it's on, because I get all these <laughs> Facebook posts <laughs> about her commenting on it, and I'm like, that must be an interesting show. <laughs> no, the, the idea of getting a bunch of egomaniac people together under one roof just makes me want to vomit. Yeah, I've never seen... I will never watch it. I've never seen any more of Big Brother than what you'd see on, like, a clip on the soup. Right, exactly. And that is enough. (laughs) (laughs) Enough for me to loathe those people. (laughs) Yes. Um, But I love the British Peggy show. It's not PBS, it's great. Yeah, um, I I've seen a few. Yeah, I just think it's fun. I don't have a favorite yet of this season. It's now three episodes. When we first recorded, there was one, and I was all happy that the one guy got kicked off. Right. Um, so now there's been a couple more gone. One lady, I'm so glad. She was horrible. <laughs> she was just... I hated her hair. <laughs> That's such a stupid thing, but I couldn't stand looking at her. I hated her hair so much. <laughs> and then, like, 
in the most recent episode, she like used another guy's custard for her dessert. She like claimed she thought it was hers. So he had to use hers, and her custard like messed up his dish. Oh, that man. That made me mad, yeah. I mean, she, I could, she looked like she really did feel bad, but it's like, really, you know, know your own custard. <laughs> really? <laughs> How did they even get, like, confused? Because they were making a trifle. That was the, um, uh-huh. that was the challenge, was to make a trifle. And so, you know, a trifle is like sponge cake right. and a layer of custard and then a layer of something like strawberries and then, a, you know. Right. And so they made the custards first and then put them in the fridge. Oh. And she and he had used the same fridge and she grabbed his bowl. And his custard was perfect and hers was like milk. Oh, And so man. it just ruined his and he looked so sad and he's, I really like him. And I just <laughs> felt so bad. <laughs> but she got kicked off. She did. Yay. She's gone. Anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my little British baking show. Um, I also watched something on, I think, Netflix. And I'm wondering if it's the Australian show that Val mentioned. Um, it was called Secrets and Lies. It's an Australian show. It was like six episodes. And it's basically about... A man who goes running one morning, like on a jogging path, and comes across the body of a four-year-old boy that was his neighbor, Mm. and just, man, it is just a lesson in, you don't want to be the person that comes across a body. (laughs) Does he get accused? Yeah, and... Oh, man. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty intense, and... It's, I really, really liked this show. It, hmm. the, he, his wife, though, <laughs> I think I joked with you about this before. Like, the first time I saw his wife, I thought it was Tom Hiddleston in drag. <laughs> she looks like she could be, like, his twin sister. <laughs> <laughs> but he pulls it off better. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, it's called Secrets and Lies. I believe I watched it on Netflix. It could have been Amazon Prime, but but it's good. It's six episodes, and yeah, it's very interesting. It's very man. It just makes you go. I never, ever, I hope I never, ever, ever just get accused for a crime I did not do, because how frustrating would it be if you are innocent? Oh, I can't imagine. Oh, it's just terrifying to think about. It really is. It happens so often. I know. You know, and it's just like, oh, man, it just, you would just lose all hope, you know? Yeah, no, it would be, it's terrifying, the thought. It really is, and, you know, it just, when, I guess I have, I know it happens here in America, but apparently it happens in Australia, too, when the cops just think they have the right guy, they just don't listen to reason, and they don't see other clues, you know? Yeah, like, they almost don't care, they just want to get someone in jail, and just 
be done with it. Yeah, I mean, kind of like what may have happened to Adnan Syed. Right, know, yeah. From the Serial podcast, I mean, I still don't know if he did it or not. But man, if he didn't, those cops have, <laughs> they need to go to jail. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> and that prosecutor too. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, it's just terrifying and yeah, it... It's good. Secrets and Lies. I recommend it. Okay. Um, the only other thing I have is on Sunday, Cam and I just wanted something new to watch. And so I saw um, The Blacklist on Netflix the with James Spader. Mm. Right. And we watched the first three or four episodes of the first season. And it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I had heard good stuff about it, and I've always liked James Spader. Sure. And, um... Steph. Steph, yes. <laughs> He'll always be Steph. <laughs> He'll always be Steph. <laughs> but, uh... It's, it's good. It's, it's an interesting... He plays, like, a FBI most wanted criminal. Oh, really? So, I ha- thought he was a detective. No, what happens is like in the first two minutes of the first episode, he turns himself into the FBI, but then like makes a deal with him. He's got what he calls the blacklist, and it's a list of just the top American and like international criminals. Oh. And he helps. He helps them take down those guys. Okay, that's a little more of what I thought it was. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, he's working with the FBI, but he's not a detective himself. But he's great, and he's just a very interesting character, and it's just total a James Spader thing, you know. Mm -hmm. If you like him, you're gonna like it. (laughs) And, yeah, and it's pretty good. So, Cam and I will probably continue. It'll probably, it's not one like, I gotta watch the next one, I gotta watch the next one, you know. Right. Because they're all kind of separate stories, so. That's good. You know, like when you finish one, you're not like dying to see what happens, you know. So, I like shows like that, too. I like those, especially ones that you like, get into a thing where you watch it with someone else. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not, not like, like don't you want to watch? <laughs> Right, exactly. And you so can't watch it till they watch it. And, yeah. It's the perfect kind of show for me and Cam because he likes to binge, but he he can't do it for very long. Mm-hmm. So I can get three or four episodes out of him if it's a good enough show, and he he seems to like it. So I'm happy. It'll give us something to do during the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's what I've been watching. All right. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording. Of a favorite song So what 
Is she doing better? No, uh, well, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know she had a fever yesterday, but she was hot. <laughs> this sounds stupid. It was one of those things. She doesn't get fevers. Like, Eleanor getting a fever is a super rare event. And, you know, Scout will get them at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Which is, probably means that Scout's body just kind of fights sickness better. She can, like, get a fever and burn it out. Right. Eleanor's body's just, you know, a little jacked up. So, <laughs> Poor little jacked up Eleanor. <laughs> I know. She just doesn't fever. Very rarely. And... So I just didn't even think about it, but she didn't have an appetite, and she was fussy, and she was, like, hot. Like, she... But our swamp cooler's not working right now. Oh, jeez. But we have an air conditioning unit in our bedroom, so we kind of just hang out in there. (laughs) And then we're at the point where nights cool down well enough, you know? Yeah, but man, it was, like, 87 today. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. It really does. You just kind of... Do stuff, and then you're like, I'm going to go in the bedroom for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just didn't get it. And then she woke up at 4.30, just whiny, and I'm like, I like moved around her bed, and my hands like burned on her body. I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So I took her temperature, and it was like 101.7, which is probably the highest temperature I've ever seen on her. Yesterday, when she was fussy, there was a point where I just gave her Motrin, because when it's Eleanor and she's fussy and other things don't work, you're like, all right, we'll put some Motrin in you and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) And she totally perked up. Oh. And then, so in the middle of the night, well, 4.30, she, I finally was like, oh my gosh, she has a fever. So, I'm so annoyed. School's been in, like, less than a month. Uh Uh-huh. Eleanor has had hand, foot, and mouth, the stomach flu, and now this fever. Oh, jeez. She didn't get this many. She's never had any of these things. <laughs> <laughs> she's never had hand, foot, and mouth, and she gave it to Scout. She has never had the stomach flu, ever. And that one she kept to herself. No one else got it in the family. Hooray. And it's been like three weeks, so I'm... You're good. I think we're good. <laughs> uh, anytime anyone has a stomach flu, You're it's like, just like a time bomb. Everyone stay away from me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Rob. I just, everybody's a big time bomb. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, no one else got it except the neighbor. She sat next to him. It was a day, Scout went to the dentist, and so Charity picked her up from the bus. And so I feel so bad, because that night she started throwing up. I'm like, Charity, I'm sorry. Oh, that's <laughs> her into your house. <laughs> <laughs> the kid that was the son of hers, who was sitting next to her on the couch, got it. Oh. But no one else in their family, so it's like, I don't know. It must just be certain people. <laughs> yeah, that's, huh, I haven't heard of a stomach flu going around. Yeah, it was just, I'm just annoyed. She didn't. She didn't get sick very often or very bad at her old school, and then she's been here less than a month, and she's had three weird things. That is, I mean, is it a nice, clean school? (laughs) (laughs) Seems to be. I mean, I don't look around and go, man, this place stinks or whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I think I want to buy him some Clorox wipes. 
Wow. Well, that sucks. Poor Elsie. Sucks. Yeah. So sad when she's sick. It's sadder than any other kid getting sick. It is. It really is. And so I was basically up from 4:30. We took a little siesta around 3:30 today, but I only slept for about 15, 20 minutes. Not so much. <laughs> and you know me, it's not like I go to sleep at nine. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. This should be a fun recording. Uh-huh.